Hey guys, welcome to the Fantasy Coaches Podcast. This is your host, as always, Steve Pintado. And with me, as always, is my main man, Jabron Curtis. What's going on, on Tay Jibs? It's going good, you know, just chilling, relaxing, chilling back, having a fantasy podcast for the neighborhood. Yes, absolutely. It's a really uh, slow time of year, just in a general sense, with everything going on in the world. And luckily enough, football has given us some kind of you know, meaning to life for this podcast here right now. And now that free agency is basically wrapped up for the most part, we can focus on the NFL draft now, guys. It's just 22 days away, and we're going to be talking some rookies. Uh, we're going to go in, into depth about some quarterbacks and some tight ends and trying to give you guys the, you know, clarity of what these guys kind of offer and what we kind of see them as, you know, uh, as NFL players. So before we get started, love to introduce our guest today, uh, two members of the Fantasy Coaches podcast, Ryan and Jared. What's going on, guys? I'll go first. Since my name was first, I'm doing good. How's everyone? Doing well, doing well. And Jared? Oh, man, I'm doing great. Uh, I'm just trying to get through the, the monotony of all this stuff that we're going through, but excited to, to add some spice to today's podcast, if I can. Absolutely. I said this was uh, this is uh, Ryan's first time being a guest on the show, and you guys know Jared's been on a couple times here and there, so we're glad to have you guys on to talk about some, some rookies today. All right, so before we get started, as always, guys, please go check out our website at www.thefantasycoaches.com. Uh, we have all of our you know, off-season articles, draft articles, you know, dynasty articles, live streams, rankings, you name it, we got it up there. So definitely uh, go and check us out over there. We got a lot of things going on. And we'll get right into the news. There's really not much today to talk about, so we're going to be real quick with this, guys. Um, again, Demarcus Robinson was the re-signed with the Kansas City Chiefs. That was the last time we, uh, since the last time we've been on. And then uh, two big names out there, guys. Kind of just want to go over real quickly. Uh, Jameis Winston, Cam Newton, not on teams. And I didn't really get to mention last time that Cam Newton was released uh, during the last podcast. But uh, yeah, these guys don't have homes. And um, do you guys think that they will end up on an NFL team by the start of the season? Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Any any predictions where they may go, guys? Most of it's rumors at this point, so it's hard to say. My personal choice, and it's interesting because we have a fan here, is I think Cam should go to the Chargers, but that's my personal opinion. And also, the public it seems to sway that way just because it's the uh, the flashy one. But Jameis, I I really don't know. I think he's going to back up. I I don't see him going to be a starter after throwing 30 picks um in general i think they'll tell him you have to take a year off you have to have to do something i know the the eye surgery stuff you know people are going to joke that it might fix it but in the end he needs more time yeah his decision making is is less than what you want from a franchise quarterback but there's certainly such an upside i mean he was a winner in college obviously and um, but he just throws so many YOLO balls. It's just it's incredible to to watch sometimes. And he puts himself in such a his team in such a hole, and then he manufactures these you know these nice uh, fantasy lines. But I'm sure Bruce Arians tore out any hair he had left uh, by watching him. But I, I don't know where Jameis is going to go. Cam, I'm I'm just going to hold my opinion because I know that there are a lot of Charger fans that I'm friends with. I'm just going to wait on that one, if you guys don't mind. Um, I'm hoping that they don't that they don't sign him to save some money and room for other things, for other needs. But it's definitely going to add a lot of fun, because these guys can't even be looked at, right, medically, because of the, of the COVID thing. So um, we'll know more when this thing gets lifted, but it's going to be really fun to see where those two Heisman Trophy winners land. Uh, for me, I could just be the odd man in the room and say Jameis, I mean, um, Cam Newton, go to the Patriots, you know, it's just a classic Bill Belichick. <laughs> I mean, get this all-pro, Heisman winner, like, type deal guy. And then for Jameis, like, it's, the possibilities are endless. Uh, I guess he's definitely backing up. He's not getting a starting gig, that's for sure. Maybe he could go to the Jaguars and, like, uh, sit down and he could just start if Garden Minshew messes up. I don't know. But, He's definitely needs a job. That's for sure. <laughs> Both these guys have been, uh, you know, fantasy, you know, quarterbacks who've been performing very good over the years. I mean, uh, I guess I think Cam could end up in in this, um, on the Chargers just because I think once they get closer to the season, maybe if they realize that Tyrod Taylor maybe isn't as good as he maybe used to be, and maybe Cam can come in at that point for Jameis. I mean, 
I don't really see a scenario right now for him. I'd like to see him maybe in Pittsburgh backing up Big Ben. Uh, just because oh, yeah. I feel like, you know, big arm guys, you know, I feel like he could end up meshing well if Big Ben were to go down again or even, you know, taking that shot maybe on the team the following season. So, uh, but right now I think these guys don't find a team until we get closer to training camp because with everything going on and all the medical concerns that these two might have right now. So, True. I love the Pittsburgh take. That would be great. I if do you, as well. If you went to Pittsburgh, I'm, I'd be drafting. I'm on board with that. I'd be drafting every st- Pittsburgh player. That's the case. Um, I also found out today, guys, uh, that uh, Juju Smith-Schuster may not be getting his extension, so that will be interesting to hear about next year if that's the case. Believe he's a free some, agent more, next year. some more drama out of Pittsburgh. Yes, another that's, that's wide receiver. More. Another big wide receiver. <laughs> All these wide receivers always live Pittsburgh. They never resign their wide receivers almost. No. Nah. Not unless they're like on the verge of being good and then they resign them. But if they're good, they're I, like, I always oh. forget that Emmanuel Sanders even started there. So yeah. mm-hmm. that's, that's what gets me to grassroots so they didn't resign him they let him go they're like go to Denver see ya <laughs> but let's get into, into the rookies guys um, so we basically all kind of came up with our rankings or most of us did for the most part and we kind of broke it down top 10 quarterbacks top 7 tight ends and we both kind of all given a sleeper or so outside of those rankings here uh, for you guys so we're going to start with the top quarterback on the list and it was almost um, overall one but besides me but we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> Joe Burrow is the top quarterback in the rookies right now that we've came up with. And Ryan, we'll let you go first and give us a, give us a take on Joe Burrow. So Joe Burrow, after watching the film, um, you can nitpick it if you want. But what I see is it's it's a total package. Um, he's he's great at processing the field. He's beyond accurate. Um, right now, like truthfully, the only. The only thing that I see that might stand in, in Burrow's way is landing with the Bengals. And I know, I know Bengals fans might not necessarily enjoy that take, but um, it's just history is, has proven that, that sometimes they're not the, base, the best Sorry, when it comes to management. Um, but if, if, he, if he has the ability to spark you know, a new change, a new culture in that city, in that, in that franchise, um, realistically, I... I I don't see how Burrow does bad. I don't. I, I don't see how any, rather, any quarterback does better than him. Yeah, I mean, I have him at number two just because I'm a huge fan of Tua, and we'll get to Tua later. But uh, you know, he is a great. He's a great leader. He's got a like a swagger, mental toughness to him that you saw all season long. I mean, this guy made extreme throws. He's got quality. You know, elite talent to him, and he's got, he got almost the entire package and. and the only reasons I don't really like him is that I don't like basing it off just one season for a quarterback. I like to see a quarterback do it multiple times in his college career, and he only did it, did it really one time. And it, it scares me that he had a big, magical season that kind of will just not translate well to the NFL for me. And he's got to get better in his pocket, so what pocket awareness. I mean, the Cincinnati Bengals the offensive line may not be good if he goes there. Um, he ended up taking a little bit too many sacks I've watched in, in highlights compared to, you know, throwing the ball away, actually. Hopefully he just needs to kind of be coached up on that a little bit. Um, again, he's got a little bit of below average arm, and his release is a little on the average side. So things like that kind of have me at having him at two compared to one, uh, just for my own benefit. But he could end up, you know, he could translate very well to the NFL, you know, in the right situation. So Maybe make some fascinating points. I, I just love his high uh, IQ as a quarterback, he seems to make the right reads when he needs to. He yeah. just has great like pocket presence, and he can just deliver the ball in these quick like uh, slant routes and stuff like that. So that's why I'll pick Burrow. Obviously, like I have two, uh, two, two, just because like I'm just kind of concerned with the, just the injuries he had. But obviously, like this man was the cream of the crop coming into the season and the last season before that. So they didn't have tank for two or for no reason, you know? Yeah. Exactly. So like I said, Joe Burrow is a consensus, almost number one overall quarterback in our rookie rankings. And now we're on to quarterback rookie number two. Uh, pretty self-explanatory guys. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa. I said his name wrong, I know. Um, Alabama quarterback, uh, two-year starter, three-year starter, two-year starter, basically. And in rookie year, you obviously we all know he won the national championship. Uh, we all heard this all this season of the tank for Tua in 2019. Uh, but he comes in at number two. Uh, Ryan, tell us what why you like uh, Tua. 
Tua, to be fair, I mean, like how our rankings are pointing out, um, he's he's pretty much on board with Joe Burrow. As as Jib said, the tank for Tua thing definitely wasn't just just a, a fad. It's not like that's gone. Um, <clears throat> after watching him, it's it's he's phenomenal. He's he's great, a great player, great quarterback. Um, he's great with his feet, and he opens up the playbook for basically like any team that he goes to. I always thought that he was undersized. I don't know why I never like fully went into it, but in this day and age, at six foot two seventeen, that's not terrible by any means. Um, there's definitely it could be smaller, um, but like also with what Jib says, I worry about his health. I know that he's posting these these videos of him doing uh, doing uh, drills. Sorry, um, and and he's looking healthy, but. Who knows if that can be sustained with all of the pressure around him. Yeah, definitely. I couldn't agree more with you. The hip injury is definitely a major concern, obviously, and kind of reason why people obviously have him, I think, lower than Joe Burrow for the most part. That has to be addressed, obviously, to make him actually a, a, And that sucks right now because of this whole coronavirus. So it's hard for players, actually, or teams to go and actually evaluate these players on this injury basis. So this is why this draft is going to be real interesting to see if someone does, like Miami, take that fifth or move up and get you know him at two or whatever position he may get him in so uh definitely going to be interested on him but i think he may actually be the best quarterback in the class minus the injury i mean in just nine games last year you know 33 touchdowns just three picks i, I mean comeback you know national championship rookie uh big down th- throw downhill downfield thrower great with his reads um you know he knows how to extend the play he, he's kind of like molded for this you know dual threat quarterback class that we've seen here uh, he doesn't run as much as maybe others do, but he can run, and when he does run, it could be could be dangerous. Uh, I've heard time and time again that he's a great leader. Uh, many of his you know teammates have raved about that, and it's just something that I can see in a pro quarterback that I'm I would want on my football team. So, but next up on the list is Justin Herbert, Oregon quarterback, third overall. Um, you know, let's see how we feel about this guy. I know there's a lot of controversy with him, so I'd love to get into more detail. Obviously, Ryan, we'll let you start first on your takes on Herbert. Cool. Um, Herbert, I when I first off when I watched his combine performance, I was parts of me wanted to put him at up one and two. Realistically, um, I see him when he if he gets drafted in the top five, I wouldn't be surprised um, if a team trades up for it just to get it done. I really like him. I really like his size um, at 6'6", 236. That's prototypical, sorry, quarterback. Um, and running a 4'6", 840. <clears throat> That's definitely by no means, he's, he's agile. He can, he can do the ball. I don't know if I saw it that much in Oregon, him opening, opening up the playbook and running around, at least in not as much as a 4'6", 840 puts it off to seam. But... Um, I, I like him. I, I almost put him above my number three, um, mainly just he's he's very interesting. My only issues with him, um, realistically, is his um, what are they saying? They're they're saying his leadership. That's what it is. And what I've always done is my number three, which we'll talk about later at some point. Um, the reason that he got ahead of Herbert was simply because of his attitude and the way that he runs his team. And in the NFL, that's it's 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 needed. Yes, I know you had him at four, as me and Jibs had him at three. So uh, I definitely see the concerns on that. Um, you know, I'll, I'll start with his positives. I like to talk positives. Obviously, you know, he's got a big arm, I think, to him. And he's got the pro size. I mean, he's, he fits the mold of a, a pocket passer quarterback. You know, he's got the size to him, 6'6". Six, six. Um, he definitely improved from a bad, a kind of a mediocre junior. The junior, he actually improved going into a senior, which was what he really needed. Um, so... You know, he's got the, you know, the outs, outsides looking, just to look at him, you know, oh, that's a court, that's a pro quarterback. But he does have concerns. I mean, he's been, I watched his tape, and he's late on his throws sometimes, uh, doesn't get the ball out there perfectly to his wide receivers, and he doesn't seem to be able to escape from pressure that much. He kind of struggles at times, and um, especially his downfield throws, definitely the deep balls or fades, he's definitely very inaccurate. I've seen, you know, kind of overthrowing or underthrowing them constantly, so... Um, to me, I think he's still a smart quarterback and still can get the job done making it to the next level. He just he just definitely needs to be coached up a little bit there. So, And then, Jarrett, we'll go well, to you because you are the Pac-12 guy. 
I love that. I love it. And, and I'm a little, I'm a little biased here, um, because I'm a huge duck fan and I'm obviously a charger fan. So, um, I, you know, I, I've been watching a lot of Pac-12 football in the last, I don't know, 15 years or so. And, and I had my reservations about Herbert after last year when people were saying he should have maybe left early. And the thing that that's remarkable to me about him is that he is completely unique because I think a lot of people assume that he's not a he's not a rah rah guy. You know, he's not going um, to go crazy like you know Eason does and, and Jordan Love and some of those guys that are really exude that kind of leadership. He's more like Jared Goff or Matt Ryan, others that guys that kind of let their play do it and he'll he'll manage in the huddle um and i really like that about him it drives me crazy sometimes but the thing that i keep going back to is two years ago he went down with an injury and they were four and one um, and it beat some good teams and then they lost the next four out of five without him i mean he made that much of an impact you know this year 300 uh, 3,500 yards passing 32 touchdowns six picks uh, Rose Bowl and Senior Bowl MVP, and, and he was also the William Campbell winner, which is like the academic Heisman. His Wonderlick score was the highest. Now, what, is, what does that really mean? Well, I just think he's different. You know, he's not a rah-rah guy. He's cerebral. So that offers to me, uh, he's a guy that, that offers probably the highest floor of the top four quarterbacks, but I also think he has the lowest ceiling, too. Um, so that, that, to me, is part of that equation. And then he also has the stigma of Oregon quarterbacks. I mean, since Dan Fouts, we've had a bunch of quarterbacks go through here that weren't necessarily great quarterbacks in NFL, Keeley Smith, Mariota, and so on. So I think that kind of hurts him before he even gets drafted. But I really focus on the three games against pro-style defenses of Wisconsin, um, Washington, Utah, actually four with Auburn. And I think he played really well in those games. And in the Auburn game, he was missing Jawan Johnson, who's really his only big-time threat. Uh, and Addison dropped the touchdown pass that pretty much would have sealed the game, and then they missed the kick right after that. So this guy really, I thought, played really well against really tough uh, NFL-type defenses. So the other thing is watching Oregon is that they have probably the most overly conservative or, you know, O.C., Marcus Arroyo, who I think took the UNLV job. And so he doesn't have the receivers that, you know, they have in Bama or Clemson or certainly LSU. But he's a guy that can make the throws. He, he does have some shady footwork from time to time. But he's not going to throw really um, low, um, you know, chance throws as much as some of those other guys like Jordan Love that will, will kind of zing it. So if you, if you want a guy that's okay to punt, I think, um, and, and have a good defense behind him, I really think Herbert should be drafted in the top six. As a Charger fan, I kind of hope he doesn't get drafted by us because <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to be wrong, <laughs> you know. But mm-hmm. I do think he, he. I do think he's an exceptional talent. I hope the Dolphins take him at five, or maybe they trade. And, and no. I know Cincinnati kind of likes him. Um, but I just think that all those things come in before he they even you know watch the film on him, and, and they just kind of assess him based on how Mariota and. Akili Smith and some other Oregon Ducks that haven't fared well in the NFL. Don't throw your Oregon quarterbacks at me there, Jared. We don't want them. Miami's going to yeah, or yeah. Burrow. Come on. All right. So we got the next one on our list here who I'm a, I'm a huge fan favorite of, guys. I think he has a ton of potential. Um, so we'll get right into him. And it's Jordan Love, um, you know, number four on this list here. Utah State um, kind of had a down year, uh, but... Ryan, you seem to be the lowest on him. Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, Jordan Love? So uh, one of the reasons I might be <clears throat> the lowest on him, and you kind of played a part in, in saying about his, his kind of down year, I'll be honest, prior to, I don't know, about a month before the combine, I, I wasn't really even aware of who Jordan Love was. I heard his name a couple times, but in no way did I think that he was um, – as good as he was. Um, once I looked into the film and, and stuff like that, I definitely see the intrigue that everyone's talking about. No doubt. They're, he's a great player. He said um, he zings it. It, it. He has a nice tight spiral. Um, and realistically, when it came down to watching him, I was thoroughly surprised that I hadn't been put on to him earlier. I don't know um, what it was. Uh, the only thing realistically that I... I saw wrong with him is he's not good with the deep ball. 
Um, I believe he only completed 31% of his deep throws. Um, obviously, I didn't look at every deep throw, so it could play a part in the drops or good defense. But um, for the most part, I was seeing inaccuracy for a lot of the deep balls that were missed. Um, he's got great leadership, um, but really it just boiled down to the fact that I, I rated him a little bit lower because I hadn't heard of him yet. Um, he didn't he didn't really like make that, that stride towards me putting him a little bit higher. Um, but once I looked into the footage of him and, and watched it, it definitely moved him up a little bit from my initial rankings. No, definitely understand your concerns. Um, he definitely needs some work with his accuracy. And, you know, I think the best thing for him is to probably sit a year and get coached up to improve on some of his decisions here. I mean, you know, he stares down the wide receiver way too often. You know, he makes some below average decision makings to him. And he's had a kind of like games where he has like multiple games where he's got two picks or more and he had three picks that were pick sixes. I mean, he kind of has a kind of a comparison to like Jameis Winston in some sense uh, when you read about his cons. But he also has comparisons to like a Patrick Mahomes I mean big arm I think he can make every throw in the game he does definitely inaccurate but he, I think he can make every throw uh, he looks real tall and like natural in the pocket there and, uh, and I think he could you know run the ball when it needs to and he looks like he's a very confident passer he may throw it into the, the triple coverage but he's going to do it anyway and he kind of extend the play even when it's kind of breaking down which things like Pat Mahomes is really good at doing uh, but this guy is kind of like I'm a huge fan of him, but he has a Pat Mahomes ceiling and a Jameis Winston floor. So fantasy, that's great. But for NFL teams, that's that's not really what you want. You don't want a Jameis, you want a Mahomes. So um, it's going to be interesting to see where he goes exactly and kind of where he goes as a good coaching for him to sit behind, hopefully for a year a year or maybe two. So. Well, um, I'm, I think I'm lower than, than the average here on him. I, 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 I mean, I really like the quarterbacks to win big games win games where they're not favored. Um, and I know that he played the Mountain West, so the competition level that he faced this year outside of the two ranked teams that he that he lost to um, was bottom half, if not bottom uh, 20% against the pass. He did throw it a bunch. Uh, I, I, do, I see more of a Tavares Jackson low side and a Russell Wilson upside. So that's, I mean, that's a pretty big window, right? <laughs> Uh, enough to drive a truck through. Uh, I think he's probably right in the middle of, of that. Um, I think he's actually got really good functional quickness. You know, he can elude uh, rushers. I think Herbert gets doesn't get the credit that he can because he can move in and out of the, of the pocket. I think Love can too. Six uh, three and a half, and he's strong. Um, you know, you mentioned the down the down throws uh, being a little off target. I think you said thirty one percent, Ryan. Uh, I saw some of that too, but he did lose a lot of weapons around him. Darwin Thompson was his running back the year before. I think a coaching staff, complete program change. So you have a guy that has played lesser competition and didn't do great with that versus the year before where he had poor competition, but he threw 28 touchdowns to five picks. So where where's the truth in that? Plus, he's a small school guy, Byron Leftwich, Dante Culpepper, Jimmy G, Tony Romo. You've got guys that played in like-type systems or at least competition, so those guys can thrive. I just don't like him until the second round, but I think he's going to be picked up by, I don't know, somewhere in the in – the, I mean, even the Chargers could take him at six. But I think he's more like pick 20 to 28 um, based on who, who goes where and who moves up and down. Uh, I just wish I, I would have seen some footage against really top-shelf defenses and did well. I mean, he was 0-4 against those ranked teams, but one of them was LSU, really good. One was Michigan State the year before, really good. So there's just it's just an interesting high and low type of footage that you can get based on his competition. Definitely. Uh, he said he, he's a guy who can be from one side to the other really easily. Um, so hopefully he ends up in the right situation for him to kind of get his actual talent kind of show more. Kind of what he did his junior season, where he had actually had a really good season compared to the senior year he had. So uh, next on our list here um, is a up-and-down guy here, I would say, in terms of rankings, and it's Jalen Hurst, uh, Oklahoma quarterback, uh, former Alabama quarterback, 
Uh, he comes in at number five, I guess we're all now. And Ryan, you seem to be the highest at him, it looks like, with number three. So tell us more about uh, Jalen Hurds and why you like him so much. Yeah, yeah. So I knew when I typed Jalen Hurts at number three, I knew that it would it would definitely open some eyes. Um, <clears throat> I see where people are coming from um, when it comes to the, the knocks on his play style. Um, he definitely could use some practice and some proper coaching when it comes to the way that he throws the ball. Um, he, he's, he can't, I don't know, he, he just... It doesn't seem like he builds much of a rhythm when he plays, um, and, and that might be due to his, his ability to run. He might, he might get too sucked into trying to run, um, which I have seen before. But uh, what it boils down to, even though, you know, <clears throat> it's weird to say that as a quarterback, even though his passing attributes aren't, aren't up to par, uh, his, his run-pass option game is phenomenal. Obviously, it will be with a dual-threat quarterback. And in this day and age, the RPO is ran like every other play, it seems. Um, he's The one thing that really stood out to me, that, that once I, realistically, once I saw this, I was uh, basically, that's what made me put him ahead of Justin Ber- Herbert, like I talked about earlier. Uh, one, leadership is phenomenal. Um, especially if you watch some of the interviews that he's in, he, you can tell that he just wants to portray himself as someone who's who's ready to lead the people around him. And finishing his college career with a uh, a record of thirty eight and four is is nothing to bat an eye at. Um, thirty eight and four. Uh, I know that it was. It, I, I I'm not even going to try to make excuses for it. Thirty eight and four. When I see that, he's definitely going to be put up a, a little bit higher than the guys who didn't win the good games or, or that um, might throw a little bit better when I see that you're a winner and that you can lead your players. I see wins in the end. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely like your takes on that. I mean, uh, you know, he lost his job to Tua at some point and that definitely has a yeah. little bit of hang on, like, you know, kind of, you know, can't even think of the word right now, but he's got something <laughs> to prove. And, you know, he's definitely got some things he needs to work on. I mean, he needs to let the, the plays develop more. He doesn't like the check down as much. You know, he, Seems like he'd throw into tougher coverages than actually, you know, check it down to his running back or something like that or his tight end. Uh, something he needs to work on. And his size is definitely an issue. I know people are playing nowadays like Murray and stuff like that and Wilson are like smaller guys and Breeze who are smaller guys who can still do it in the NFL. But I think more than likely you're going to see this guy kind of having to sit and wait for his opportunity to really go because he knows, you know, he does run the ball very strongly. I mean, I think he shows poise making those downfield throws. Uh, he showed up big in big games, minus the national championship game. But uh, he just looked—he looked much better in Oklahoma. He looked like a better passer than he was in Alabama. If he was in Alabama this past season or these last couple seasons here, I probably wouldn't think twice about him. But seeing him actually throw the ball more and be, you know, a, a better thrower just in a general sense, he just looked faster on the field, and and that's kind of why I have him where I have him right now, still at six. Uh, I'd like to see more out of him before I go ahead and put him higher on this list, but. Uh, he definitely has a talent for him, and just that he has to put it all together on the field if he wants to make it as a QB. Yeah, and I just I want to reiterate that I, I I 100% see where the people are coming from when they rank him lower. There is 100% knocks on his game, um, but I, if he, like you said, if if he takes a year, <clears throat> maybe not even a year, but if he if he gets put into the the game after some time of studying his his playbook and and getting used to it, if he has the ability to actually absorb all that information and he has a good offensive line and playmakers i just i just see the sky's the limit for him definitely and then we'll go to the next quarterback on this list here and coming in at number six now it looks like is jake form from uh from georgia and let's see here uh, uh jared we'll let you not jared now ryan will let you go first on that again yeah of course um so you know he uh Jake Fromm, after watching it, I, I watched him previously, um, I think it was two years back when I just started actually getting into college. For the longest time, I was only in, in, an NFL fan, and then finally you know, got so much into a fan of being football that I, I got into college. But <clears throat> when I was watching him, I was a fan. Um, after the combine, you can obviously tell, and you can tell in his game, but you can more tell from the numbers that he definitely isn't the most athletic um, when it comes to his playmaking and it just his his physical 
ability in general. Um, but what I see in him, in which I, I like in a lot of quarterbacks, and in, in my main quarterbacks that I focus on, is he's a great game manager and he sees the field. Um, like I said, with it, it's not necessarily comparable with Jalen Hurts. Like I can, I can kind of push aside the the, the, the the bad throwing here and there. I can I can put that aside if there's a positive aspect in his game that can kind of kind of you know help him lift that up just in that skill set alone. And uh, with him, the ability, just his IQ is is good. It's great. He sees the field and he gets the ball where it needs to be. Um, I would have put him higher realistically if he was just just a little bit more flashier. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe that's wrong of me, but I like I would like to see a little bit more athleticism. Um, but when it comes down to it, he can throw the ball and he makes the right decision. So I wouldn't be surprised if if next year if he finds a way to see the field, he does well. Yeah, uh, I definitely like your take on that as well. Uh, he definitely, you know, slow 40 time, definitely not the most athletic guy in the world. Uh, he has a tad bit of inaccuracy I've seen. You know, he needs to step into his throws a little bit more than just kind of off the back foot. Um, yep. So there's some issues with his throwing ability that he needs to work on. But, you know, he's a good leader, I think. And like you said, he's a smart quarterback. I think he can read his progressions real quickly, uh, takes the reads, uh, and, you know, kind of works with them. And then he's also a guy who can he's real smart about getting the ball out. You know, I saw, saw a lot of times he was going to get sacked, but he threw it away then take, then rather than take the sack. So uh, he's got a lot of smartness to his game. He just needs to bring that arm strength and the arm talent to, together to make it actually uh, pro-ready for him. Yeah. All right, and then we'll go to the number seven here, and that looks like it's Jacob Eason, um, you know, Washington quarterback here, comes at number seven, and Ryan, once again, uh, we'll let you take a take the head at this. Yeah, for sure. Um, so Jacob Eason was one of the people. I think the first time, realistically, that I um, that he started standing out, at least in the media's point of view, to me, um, is uh, a lot of people were saying they could see him going to the Patriots. They could see this being a Bill Belichick, you know, let me snag this guy and, and work him up and make him do well. Um, but when I was watching his film, it didn't necessarily result in him being a higher ranking. Um, there, There is definitely times where he, he looks like a very, very good quarterback, but in the same time, there's times where he, he doesn't look like a very good quarterback. Um, I don't, I don't see very good pocket presence. Um, and when it comes to going into the NFL with the talent that you run into in the NFL, uh, fixing that pocket presence issue isn't necessarily impossible, but it is difficult. Um, but he's an intriguing player. Um, he's big, he's strong. Um, he could be, he could be a good backup hundred percent. And realistically, I still could see the whole, um, Patriots uh, narrative, but, um, in the end, realistically, he needs to fix the pocket poise. He's inaccurate at times. He's intriguing, being six six two thirty one. Sorry, and running a four eight nine. That's that's extremely fast for that size. So, in the end, I, I really only see QB two, QB three, maybe um, when it comes to his his roster position in the future. Yeah, definitely. And I have him sitting at number eight on my boards here. Um, I mean, he does have a great deep ball, probably one of the best ones I've seen in the class here. Um, I think he's more of like a system kind of quarterback here. Uh, he has a quick release, but he, you know, he lost his job to Jake Form like after two years in Georgia. And this coming season, I, what I saw was very inaccurate, uh, drops back way too deep. He, I, under pressure, I mean, he just doesn't look like he knows what he's doing out there, took way too many exactly. sacks. Uh, seems like he panics and kind of just stops looking downfield. So uh, things like that definitely puts up red flags in my end here, and he needs to work on his footwork. So I just don't care for him that much. Um, yeah, I mean, interesting that Ryan pointed out the Patriots because, you know, his dad was drafted by the Pats in that legendary 83 class. Uh, I watched. I actually on- wasn't even aware of that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he, he was a, his dad was a baller, and so um, – I paid attention to him, obviously, because I live up here. And uh, Eason was the 2016 top-rated high school quarterback in the country. Um, you know, there was words about him being the best pro-stop quarterback from a long, long time. And he's from Lake Stevens. His dad was obviously a pro. So he had every advantage kind of getting into this quarterback play. So he goes to Georgia, and he can't beat out from Georgia. Uh, so he transfers out as far away as Georgia you can get his – 
to Seattle. Um, but I, I like watching him, but then he drives me crazy. I, he reminds me of Nick Mullins of the 49ers, um, and I think that's the kind of player that he'll become. I see a lot of energy and fiery uh, spirit. I mean, there's a lot of inconsistency. You see um, a lot of great, um, some like Ryan mentioned, some lack of poise. He, he does show some, and then he throws some really, really awful head-scratching throws uh, when he's in the pocket. But he can he can throw the football through through a wall, and he loves to chuck it during duress. You know where I think he struggles the most is assessing coverages at the line, and but mostly in the progressions. You know post snap, and he relies a lot I think too much on his arm. So then he loses balance from his legs. And in the NFL with those DBs being four 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 three guys, you can't do it. So um, going into the season, I thought man he'd be a savant at the line of scrimmage, but he really wasn't. Um, and I saw them play four full games, um, and I saw him play some good games against the Ducks. He, he threw three touchdowns. They lost to the Ducks at home, but I thought he played actually pretty well in that. But he's got to know sometimes that dinking is more vital in chain moving than dunking. And so it's that kind of aggressive throwing that, that kind of drove him crazy like he did against, uh, again, the Cal game, Stanford, and then the Utah game where he threw a pick six. And so... He's had some great moments against the Ducks and against Arizona and BYU, but there was such inaccuracy and inconsistency that I actually think he's the second-best quarterback from his own state. I would rather have Anthony Gordon, but I could see him at the end of round four as a steady backup, with partly because of the pedigree of his dad's name. Definitely. He's got some work to do, though, still, so hopefully he can kind of make things happen in the NFL. Uh, but because we're getting close on time and we have to get the tight end still, I'm just going to name the rest of these rankings here, guys. We did the top seven. Uh, yes, I know, guys. Uh, but we're going to do our sleepers still. Uh, and, and Jared, you're going to do Anthony uh, Gordon still, so we're going to get to that. But just to finish off the rest of these rankings real quick, um, my following after seven was Anthony Gordon. Um, I had Jacob Easton, uh, Tyler Huntley. Um, and then Colton McDonald's would finish my top 10. Ryan's top 10 was after uh, six or seven. It's like Steven uh, Montez, James Morgan, and Shane Patterson out of Michigan. And uh, Jibs after that as well had, looks like Jake Form, Anthony Gordon, Tamar Magnum, and Shane, uh, not Shane, but James Morgan. So that finished out each of us to our top 10s. Uh, we're going to get to the quarterback sleepers, guys we see outside the top 10s here, and obviously. I had uh, Jared do uh, Anthony Gordon, so we're going to do those. Uh, but Ryan, we'll let you go first. Who's your one quarterback outside the top ten? Cool. Uh, I'll make it quick, keeping time in, in factor. Um, <clears throat> first off, Cole McDonald, uh, straightforward, 6'3", 215, uh, running a 4'5'8", which is very good. And a 36-inch vertical for a quarterback, you know, it shows athleticism. Um, one thing that's pretty funny to me is when I – clicked on the combine I actually think it was the first quarterback that I saw throw because I I came a little bit late and I remember thinking to myself he was horrible because he was missing every single throw at the combine correct me if I'm wrong but I was I I, I, that's what I distinctly remember but after watching the film he's he's going to be a serviceable quarterback in the league at some point he's just he's got to be coached well he can read the field well and he progresses well he just has a weaker arm um, that can be very disappointing at times yeah definitely that's Partly why I have him in my my tenth quarterback ranking on that, but uh, for me, my sleeper is Mason Fine, North Texas. Uh, man, I like this guy though. He's only like five eleven. He's a short guy, but um, he may not make it in the NFL. Who knows? But I like his. I like. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, this guy finished with over twelve thousand passing yards, ninety three touchdowns in four seasons. He's got the strength to read good defenses. He's a smart quarterback, can make all the throws, very accurate with the ball, quick decision-making, and he's mobile, So, which is really good for this kind of NFL nowadays. But his arm talent is a little questionable. Um, some throws, that's the only big thing. And then his size, I think, were the two biggest things I noticed. He wasn't invited to the combine, so people are going to see him less and less. He probably will go undrafted. But, you know, remember his name, Mason Fine, guys. He could end up being someone who kind of uh, sneaks on an NFL roster. So, Well, I... I- I actually like Gordon more than Easton from the two Washington schools. I got to see them a bunch. My wife uh, graduated from Washington State, so, but I'm not required to say something nice. <laughs> but I do like him. You know, he in the Mike Leach air raid offense, he threw the ball 689 times, which is over 160 more than Burrow did in one less game. So he, they just throw it all over the place. 
to me, he compares with Derek Carr, maybe Jacoby Brissett on the vitals and the types of throws that he can make. He can get really hot, but sometimes that's a function of the offense, you know, worn down defenses in college and those things. And his distractors, I think, are his decision-making at times. He reminds me of Jordan Level. He'll, he'll make a really, really awful throw at times that really ends drives. But he did, you know, throw more, which leads to more, you know, opportunities for plus and minus plays. But I saw a lot of JV-type throws um, that were far over the heads of wide receivers and completely misses them altogether in the open field. But I do like him more than Eason. But, you know, having only one year of film in that type of offense where you can be inflated, I do see him maybe being picked in the mid-fifth round where he's picked with the team hoping that he's, you know, Gardner Minshew 2.0. Definitely. And that's kind of why I had him at seven on my ranking. So, but thank you for going in that detail. But uh, we'll get over to tight ends now. Um, Tight ends are a lot of fun. They usually take a long time, though, to produce. And we have our top seven or so. We'll hopefully get through all seven, hopefully. Um, but we'll start with number one real quick, and that is Albert. Oh my God, I can't even say his name. Oh, I'm not gonna even try. Albert O from Missouri, guys. Uh, Ryan, just get right into him. Um, so he, first off, a great athlete. Obviously, we saw it at the combine. Um, I know I keep using the combine for a lot of the way I look at it, and in no way I just want to make sure I'm not basing it solely on the combine. Um, I do do look at their how they actually play in the game. But um, for him alone, he blew away the combine. It's kind of like a – it's not nearly as much but a Metcalf situation where he just kind of – you see it happen, and it's phenomenal. Um, one thing for sure, he's boomer bust. Um, he will I, – I, at least in my opinion, he will either be great or, or really just kind of not do much, kind of like um, Njoku's kind of doing right now. Um, <clears throat> I could look smart. I could look dumb with this, but that's how I, that's how I feel. He's raw. He makes great catches, great red zone um, target for him. His ceiling's high, but I, I think, like I said, I think his floor is low. That's the only only down part on him. Could sure up his run, route running, but when it comes to pass catching tight ends, I really like him. Yeah, definitely. He definitely has that high ceiling, low floor kind of potential to him, which is, is not always a good thing. I mean, um, he's a nightmare of a matchup if he gets in the right situation. I think he's a, at least above average blocker, can break tackles easily. Uh, he definitely needs to work on his route tree a little bit, um, but he had a fast 40, 4.49. Like, that's really great. He's got great hands, but he needs to be more explosive off the line, I think, and he needs to, you know, seems to kind of go half speed at times and kind of cut his routes too much or too short, and I think at some point you have to question his toughness a little bit uh, and if he's actually, you know, a guy who can, like, take it to the next level, so... Uh, I think he's a tremendous athlete. He just he needs things he needs to work on. But I think in an overall sense, I think he's just probably the most talented tight end in this class. So yeah, yeah I can agree with that. Yeah. Uh, hey, hey, I think I'm. Oh, oh you got a gym sighting. Hello. Hey, I my fix. But um, yeah, I like to make a point though. Like a lot of these rookie tight ends, they can't make the field because of their blocking abilities. And if he does have some blocking ability, that is a good step forward. He does have, like you guys said, the nice speed and athleticism he could learn how to get and get coached up to get his route running a little bit more better but other than that like you said if they do all these things he could be a great tight end if they don't he could just be a bust just like exactly Exactly. nice to see you jump back in there chips (laughs) sorry i don't know that's okay i thought you were just being quiet this whole time no big deal no No. big deal (laughs) Um, i was like talking Nothing was like. Uh, well, it happens here on the podcast sometimes. <laughs> but we'll go over to number two guy, and that's Cole Clement. Pretty much tied in the rankings with him. Um, and Jared, not Jared, uh, Brian, go ahead. You can go first again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Cole Clement, I actually almost put it number one. Um, Albert, realistically, it came down to just his, his insane athletic ability, but. Um, Cole Komet, he's he's big, six six, two sixty two. He's got a great great body for uh, for being a good tight end. Um, he like Jibs also just said um, he did brought up, and and I don't want to say I necessarily thought about it, but it does make sense. Um, a lot of these rookie rookie tight ends aren't getting out due to their blocking one, and this this is kind of where where Komet seems to lack is um, he's definitely not the best blocker when it comes to to a blocking tight end. But when it comes to um, catching and being a red zone threat, like like 
for example, in, in fantasy, what gets a lot of those points is, is those red zone touchdowns. So, um, realistically, he's good at catching, good at everything like that, but it boils down to the fact that his only, really his only flaw when it comes to being a tight end is, is the blocking skills. Yeah, I mean, that's my biggest take on him. Um, you know, he's got the, the, the body and size for this league, um, but I'm, I'm not really high on him, and I, I probably should put him even lower than three. Um, I don't like his blocking whatsoever. Um, he does kind of, from what the film I've watched, I watched a d- bunch of different games on him. He looks slow and kind of lacks the explosion off the line. All six of his touchdowns this past season were wide open. I mean, that could just be true that he got separation, good, a great separation, but I'd like to see him, you know, kind of, you know, jump in the air and kind of contest the ball and be physical. And I didn't see that too much with him this past season. And, you know, he's going to play these linebackers and safeties and whatnot. They're going to come after him hard, and I'm just concerned his physical, you know, ability isn't there to that extent. And um, to me, I just see him – and that average blocking is really, really what's key on that. You know, if you, you can't make it as a, a blocker, you're not going to make it far as a tight end. So a lot of people love him. I know he's, like, almost ranked on a lot of people number one, but I just don't see it. Oh, neither do I. Like, I've seen a few new Notre Dame games this year, and like you said, he just doesn't really like jump off the page to you when you're watching the game. He did make some good plays from what I watch, but at the end of the day, like he didn't really do much. Like like you said, with your Tua point, Tua played all these years, did all these good things, and then he got hurt, and now we're kind of doubting him. But he didn't really do much his first couple of years, and then he had an amazing year last year last uh, year and then now he's the number one tight end I think there's a lot of other prospects that have different caveats and abilities that kind of make him seem lesser but I think Cole Komet's just like a it's just like a uh, just a fanboy kind of thing for me okay. but yeah he's a guy where you look at the back of his jersey and you can kind of envision like I don't know the Jaguars or something where he's not gonna be a uh, an impact player, but I, I thought what I liked about him was his growth from his second season to last season. Uh, you know, went from 15 catches on the way up and and uh, had six touchdowns, I believe, this past season. Although he's not a great blocker, I mean, that's something I think that maybe they could look into. Um, I think he probably comes off the board as maybe the second or third tight end, maybe even the first tight end based on what type of packages. Uh, but I, it appears to me he's pretty coachable. Notre Dame has put out some really good tight ends with Rudolph, Eifert, Pisano, and going all the way back to my dad's favorite, Mark Bavaro. Um, <laughs> so uh, there's there's definitely some pedigree there. I He showed, when I happened to watch Notre Dame, I, I came away like, oh, that guy will be able to play on Sundays. Um, but will he have a, a substantial impact? Not probably until he's able to block, unless they put him out wide. And I just don't see him being a Travis Kelsey type of tight end. But he's a guy in fantasy that I would I would kind of put a little star by, maybe in the right system. He might be a guy you draft. Yeah, because he has some talent. I'm just, there's concerns that I've watched. So we'll, we'll see how he goes. You know, he could, he's going to be probably the first tight end drafted off, off many boards. So uh, interesting to see where he's able to go. Uh, coming in at number three here, it uh, looks like we have uh, Bryson Hopkins. Um, some people seem very low on him, uh, Ryan, but <laughs> um, we'll see why you don't like him that much. So like go for how it. I start this if if that's you can start so it. Go for it. I will one hundred percent agree. I ranked him too low. Um, that is, I, I think I watched. I don't remember who it was, but I was listening to some sort of podcast today, and they were talking about him um, and realistically just focusing on his his game alone rather than ranking others, and it, it, it made me look at him more. Um, I, he should be higher. This, this guy's a great tight end. Um, I don't know if, if – I think I had him at six. He definitely deserves to be top five. I'll put that out there. Um, but without further ado, I'll, I'll just say the stuff that I, I did think about him. Um, he, he was great tight end, obviously. Um, he has great athletic traits. I noticed that – his routes are smooth, um, and he can get into zones pretty well. Um, when it came down to me watching him, I don't know if I just like skipped past him. I don't know what it was that made me push him down to six. Um, but I think what it was realistically was his drop rate. Um, when I was watching um, 
the actual non-highlight film, just just play by play. He did seem to drop a lot of passes, and me being a Redskins fan this last season, our tight end dropped basically every single pass you could think of. I think I saw that, and it made me put him low. But after reevaluating, I, I'm I'm on other side. He's at least top five. Well, I have him at number two currently right now. I'm very high on him. Yes, he has issues with his drops, and that's a big thing for anyone who catches the ball. Um, but I saw a lot of speed and acceleration. I think he's a great blocker, which will give him an opportunity to actually make a team over people who may not be able to actually block a lot. Of you. That, that goes a long way with tight ends because if you can't block sometimes, you may not make the team just because you can catch a ball. So blocking goes a long way. I think he's able to go up and get the ball real physical. Uh, can be a real dominant force, and I see a lot of playmaking catches from him. It wasn't just like wide open throws. He's making like one-handed catches for touchdowns and things. And he had four games over 95 yards. I really like that. Just just a general sense he can go out there and get big yardage, and he looks really good in his route running ability. So I, I was a huge fan on him. I think he could produce real big at the next level. So yeah, I like him. I, I have him as the second, my second favorite tight end coming out of Purdue. Um, you know, a four six six, I think was his forty. Um, you know, sixty plus catches for over eight hundred yards and seven house calls. I'll take that. Uh, he was decent at the senior bowl, but you know, he has some size and length limitations, kinda like Moss who we might talk about. But unlike Moss, Hopkins ran quicker times and he worked out well at the combine and doesn't have an injured foot. So he ran a little faster than Komet did, not as tall, so he's but he's better at the line of scrimmage in, in, in the run game. Um, he showed some career consistency at Purdue more than Komet did in Moss, so you know he's pretty steady. Um, but, you know, I think he has some value. I think by the end of the third, maybe the early fourth, you'll see him come off uh, off the board, and I could see a team like maybe Pittsburgh or somebody grabbing him. Good take. Definitely. I said, I'm a huge fan of him. I'd like to see what he's able to do at the next level. So, um, Next guy on the list here, it seems like number four, and... Ooh, we have some guys here. It looks like um, I'm going to start with Adam Trotman. Um, he's number three on Ryan's board. So, Ryan, give us the details on him. All right. So, Adam Trotman was the first tight end that stuck out to me. And I think it was mainly because I'm always a, a fan of the, the small school guys, even though they don't always kind of play out well in the NFL always. There's a couple, but um, when, when there's when there's someone from a little small town, I'll always give them a little bit more um, – love than normal at least when it comes to paying attention um he was very productive in college with 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 the team he was to be fair that might be because he was like one of their only um pass catchers that was consistent but he was consistent which is something to to build off of um he's a tough player and he has great inline speed um if you notice he'll once he once he gets the ball or once he wants to go straight in his route it it takes off and it's almost immediate um at least for a tight end um he's a natural catcher and his basketball pass i know people kind of play on that a little bit too much but it does help with the route running um and and i think realistically um he could be he could be a great tight end like i said um or i don't think i said it to be fair in the pod but a lot of these tight ends are so close it's hard to make the the exact distinction on which one's better than the other there he's, he's a great one um just could sure up a little bit of those the the blocking and uh, I, I like him i think he's quick and small school always catches me yeah definitely agree with you I'm, I'm a fan of him too i have a number five currently right now i mean 70 receptions 900 yards 14 touchdowns i mean how do you not like a guy like that i mean though he went to dayton so it's kind of like a con i mean competitiveness wasn't as great there but, I mean, he's highly productive. He's got great speed, uh, 4.840. He's got toughness on, on catching balls. Uh, he makes good ball adjustments to him, you know, body position to catch the balls, I saw. Uh, and he's a big target in the red zone, obviously, with those 14 touchdowns. Uh, yes, it seems like he gets tackled a little bit easy, easier than most. I mean, he doesn't have a lot of yards after the catch. Um, pretty decent blocker. So that, uh, I mean, I wish he was a better blocker. I saw some plays where he kind of just whipped on things. So, uh, he's a guy who I really like, but he definitely has some flaws to him. Definitely needs some work and good coaching to kind of get him to that next level, but he could definitely make it to that next level. So, And then we'll go to the next one here. Number five on the list now, um, it's Mr. Thaddeus Moss, Randy Moss's son out of LSU. 
Um, Ryan, once again, go ahead. Um, first off, uh, I expected a lot more. To be fair, I'm not the gr- the biggest LSU fan. I, I I watch a lot of Midwestern, by the way. So that's that's mainly mainly what I'm paying attention to: Boise State, Nevada, um, San Jose. A lot of those those schools, like I said, the smaller schools, I'm a fan of. Um, so when I got into watching LSU and obviously the playoffs and and the championship, I expected more after seeing how good he was at that last run. Um, but you know he's he's not bad. He doesn't have the athletic ability of his father that a lot of people will will kind of pull on pull on to try to boost up how they feel about him. Um, but he is he's good. Um, He's six foot two, so in my opinion, he's a little bit undersized for his position. Um, I would like like a lot of these guys are like six six foot four at least, six foot five, six six sometimes. Um, and to me, that seems to be a little bit um, of six two is just small for me in a tight end. But um, the one thing that stood out is he's a great run blocker, and I think teams will utilize that and and they understand the importance of it. Um, in the end, once you once you build yourself into the, the packages to where you're actually blocking for the team, it could always go to more more plays and more more uh, routes realistically instead of blocking. Um, but that's that's really what I see out of him this year is he's a blocking tight end and that's what they'll use him for. Yeah, I mean he's, this kid's got talent, so I, mean, I think he's a great. Uh, pass and run blocker, so I think he makes it to the next level. I think he's a pretty good pass catcher. Uh, can definitely break tackles, get that extra yardage. His ha- he's got tremendous hands, great instinct. Uh, I think he could improve on the talent that he already has. I think he could totally take it to the next level. Definitely. Um, again, his speed and burst off the line isn't always the greatest, but I think he can work on that, kind of get more fit, um, kind of just shred a little bit of weight there and kind of get that next level. Um, again, I've seen times where he was kind of sloth-like out there, and um, definitely don't like to see that. But I think with the right coaching underneath him, he could really uh, take that take that next level and make a name for himself outside of his own father. So I like I like him a lot. So I like him yeah. too. I, I like him. Um, straight cash on me. I mean, he, he, <laughs> I mean, he. So he. This is a guy that went to five high schools. Uh, and then wow. he, he's been in a couple, I think he was at NC State before LSU. So he hasn't been in a place really to be coached up. So if he's going to be taken, I think he could really elevate uh, his skill set based on having some, maybe some consistency on his coaching staff. I don't think he dropped any of the 57 balls in his radius. So he doesn't separate, but he, he moves chains. Um He's not as tall as the average tight end. I think the average height is six, almost six six. So he's obviously shorter than that. But I think he's a guy that you can get in round five. Again, I, I keep thinking the the Steelers, the Pats, or the Redskins are teams that he might land on. But I think he's a guy that can be built into being, um, you know, a, a much much more productive guy. He was he played big in the biggest game of the year, and so that that definitely adds some cachet to him. But I like I like him in the fourth or the, excuse me the fifth round, and someone might get a nice little lottery ticket out of Thaddeus. Definitely, yeah, definitely, definitely could be definitely for sure. Um, but again, guys, we're on short on time today. We're getting close to that hour mark, so I'm just gonna name off the rest of them, guys. I'm sorry, but uh, I'll read mine real quick first. Um, I had uh, Harrison Bryant. He was a guy on a lot of people's yes, uh, board he here. Is. Um, Actually, if you guys want real quickly say one thing you like and don't like about Bryant real quick. Played for a small school. He had a lot of receiving yards. I, it was my two. Uh, for me, realistically, I like the fact that he's good at blocking and good at catching. Um, in this in this year's draft, it's hard to find one that is one hundred percent good at both. Um, a knock on his. Mm-hmm. I only I only wrote down positives for this guy. Let me let me just try to think. I don't remember him being extremely extremely quick. Is it, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but um, at four seven three six five, I guess that's not too slow. I'll have to look more into him. I don't have a knock on him. I only wrote positives. Um, but okay. uh, I'd love to see him in the future. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't <laughs> Sorry, see guys. too much either. I mean. Doesn't not great at no breaking tackles. I want to, uh, if if it adds anything, I want my team, the Redskins, to draft him. So obviously, I'm gonna only write positives on him. I respect it. He's a great player. He's a smart, 
player and good, good. Uh, you know, he's real good with the ball. So I, you know, I can't complain about that. So a couple other players though, real quick guys um, that we had on the board here is C.J. Ogani, Jarrett Pinky and Pinsky, and then Hunter Bryant. Um, all seems to be a the rest of the board that we didn't actually have a chance to get to. So uh, next time and. Uh, that is the end of our episode today, guys. Um, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Hopefully kind of helped you guys learn a, bit, a little bit more about the rookies, the quarterbacks, and the tight ends. So we'll be back on next week to talk about running backs. So that's going to be a lot of fun. There's a lot of running backs out there. Um, but, you know, always as always, guys, please go check out our website at www.thefantasycoaches.com. Like I said, we have everything possible up there to help you guys win. And, you know, also please go check out our Twitter at CoachesFantasy. Um, you guys can check me out, Coach Stephen P. Follow me at Hot Take Honcho on Twitter. Follow me at Ryan Taylor NV at Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Curtis6. There we go, guys. So give us all a follow. We'd all appreciate it. Uh, just trying to give you guys the best content out there to win your championships this year. So uh, until next time, guys, thanks for listening, and have a great one. Yeah, be safe, everybody. Bye-bye. Adios.